Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Six minutes left in the third period. Vegas and Montreal tied at four. 90 seconds left in the third. Coyotes leading the Blue Jackets 3-2. The Devils have knocked off the Penguins 5-2. Canucks lead the Flames 1-zip. Pedersen with his eighth. That's in the first period. Second period, Tampa Bay leading Chicago 2-1. In overtime, part of the Global Series in Sweden, Tim Stutzla bats the puck in out of the air about waist height. With two seconds left in overtime, Senators beat the Red Wings 5-4. Thursday night football, Ravens lead the Bengals 14-10 with two minutes left in the first half. And Chad Kelly is the MOP in the CFL, Argos quarterback. The uh, Elks defensive back, Kai Gray, uh, beaten for Rookie of the Year by Quantez Stiggers of the uh, Toronto Argos. Uh, One of the most positive stories here of the fall the play of the U of A Golden Bears football team, 6-2. and two. It was a heartbreaking finish in UBC, but nonetheless a, a big step forward for the program. And I'm pleased to be joined by two-time Grey Cup champ, now the defensive coordinator with the Golden Bears, A.J. Gass, checking in tonight. A.J., it's Reed. How are you doing? Doing well, Reed. How are you doing? I am doing great. I appreciate you uh, you hopping on the show tonight. I know there's still some wrap-up stuff going on with the Golden Bears football team. Um I'll start very generally, AJ. I know it's kind of a, maybe a bit of a lazy question, but I, th- I think it's relevant. Just how do you sort of uh, process this uh, this season? Because like I said, I, I know it was a heartbreaking ending, but man, oh man, I think there were so many great stories this year. Yeah, this year was pretty um, pretty much a good statement for our entire program. I mean, um, coming in, you know, we were three and three in 2021. We were three and five in 2022. So to turn that around in the regular season, six and two, uh, was a huge, huge statement and a huge success for our, our guys. Um, obviously, the heartbreaking loss in the in the Hardy Cup was tough. But again, we're we're a young team. You know, we got to learn how to win, and uh, this is only going to help propel us forward, moving forward. Uh, you know, everybody, uh, all the interviews I've done over the years, I've talked to a lot of coaches and players, and, and they use the words belief and or confidence quite a bit. And, and I've asked some guys on your team this as well, and I've had the chance to talk to them. You know, the Golden Bears program has kind of have been a second-tier team or, or even a lower-tier team in Canada West for quite a while. When did you sense that belief in, in the team this year that's like, hey, we're good, we can we can go for go for it all this year? Um, I would say after the 21 season, um, coming in because they had multiple D coordinators, I'm speaking just from the defensive side of the ball. Um, there's a few defensive coordinators that have been in and out. So, um, these guys haven't had a chance to run the same system for multiple years. So after that 21 season, I saw the guys adapting to what we were doing pretty well. Um, and at the end of 22, you could see that they really got a grasp of what we were trying to accomplish. Um, and I think that was that's what gives those guys a lot of confidence is going into year three, which was this year, to really not just know what they're supposed to do, but know why we're doing it and how it should be done and where the weaknesses and strengths are. So I think their understanding after three years in the same system really gave them the belief and confidence in what we're doing to play fast and play physical. Look, uh, 
I know it's there were some way more positives than than tough moments this season, but I got to ask you about the final drive. Um, you know, UBC was able to put it together. You know, as 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 a coach, I, I don't know if you've gone over that or had nightmares about it, or you just give UBC credit for executing. Uh, how do you sort of look back on the on the drive that uh, got them the win? Well, nightmares for sure. You know, I, I think they're subsiding a little bit by now, but those first three days were almost like a little bit of a PTSD going through that last drive over and over. And as a coach, it's like, what could I have called him a better coverage? I brought more pressure. Um, how do I put those guys in a better position to succeed in that situation at the end of the game? Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we were playing the first place team in the Hardy Cup in their place. And, you know, they have some playmakers on that team that we just couldn't account for at the end. So um, I know our guys are really beat up and tore up about it, but I think they understand the positives that we can take from 57 or uh, 59 minutes of that game that we played really, really good football that, you know, we can just clean up that last minute and, and we're Hardy Cup champs. Yeah, for sure. Th- yeah, thanks for talking about that. Absolutely. Uh, AJ Gass joining us. I, I, you were on the show a few years ago, I think when you were uh, coaching in California. Tell us a little bit about how you've been enjoying working with Chris Morris uh, and, you know, working in the Canadian game again. What are some of the uh, nuances or things you appreciate about it? Well, the thing, you know, I mean, you know, playing football up here for so long just gives you a good a good taste of how much um, fun you can have coaching the Canadian game. The, the adjustments, the waggles, the movement, the formations, it really makes you coach at a much higher level than when you're down in the States and everything's just stagnant and still. Um, it's very easy to coach down there compared to coaching up here. So um, that to me, the challenge of that is very fun. Um, that's what I'm used to, and I'm glad to be back at it. As far as the program here, working with Chris, he does an outstanding job of creating a great culture of not only players but coaching staff as well. And, you know, like I'm sitting here with my, all my defensive coaches, and it's, uh, it's a very special thing to be able to come out with guys, hang out, talk football. It doesn't have to be about us. Um, lots of it, lots of different staffs don't have that kind of camaraderie. So I'm glad Chris put a, a good core group of guys together to, to make coaching fun. Well, I'm happy to hear that, and I know how hard Chris works and how much he cares and, and how highly his uh, f- current and, and former players speak of him and, and everything he does there. So that's great to hear. Uh, AJ, just to shift gears a little bit, if you got a couple more minutes, um, Two-time Grey Cup. I think you played in three Grey Cups, if I remember, 02 and 03, 05. Um, did, yep. you, did you – and the, the one was in Edmonton. Did you treat every week the same? Did you guys give yourself one night to go out and enjoy whatever city you were in? Uh, I, I'm just curious about how you approached the three different Grey Cup weeks you were, you were in as a player. You know, we, we approached the Grey Cup as, as strictly business. You know, it was um, a little bit distracting here in 2002. I was – out with a blown ACL, so I didn't get a chance to play in that game. But um, the the pressure of it being in your home city with the distractions, it's very, very challenging to to win at home. Once we got on the road, it was just strictly business. All of the guys treated it that way. So where, you know, we said that we'd have all the fun we needed to have after the game, and we did that. 
Well, we that, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, in Regina, and then obviously the 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 one in Vancouver. I, I want to go to 2005 just a bit because uh, that was an absolute classic. It went to overtime. You know the fourth, well, the the fourth, the, the the third down play to Mookie. Uh, you guys had a dropped interception that would have won it in regulation time. Like when you were when you were playing it, did you have to manage your emotions, or were you able to treat it like, hey, it's another game, next play, I got to make the play? Um, I think you always got to manage your emotions. I mean, it's it's the sport is an emotional sport, and it's a, a game of highs and lows. So if you just let your emotions run wild, you're going to be you know mentally all over the place. So it's a big deal to really control control your thoughts, control your emotions, focus on the task at hand, and then, like I say, is when you postpone the gratification and fun to the end of the game, it gives you the best opportunity to win. And I think as a mature team that we were at that time, you know, we all took that uh, took that to heart and said, you know what, we're going to focus on the win and have our fun after the fact. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's tough to, to, to really hone those emotions, especially while you're in the game. But when you can step back and look at the big picture, it makes it a whole lot easier. Uh, just a couple more quick ones for you. And I was saying this on our afternoon show. You are the owner of a bit of an unusual stat, especially given the fact that you're a linebacker. You had a game-clinching punt return in the 2005 Because <laughs> Anthony Covillo just kicked to try to keep the play alive. Uh, what do you remember yeah. about that? <laughs> You know, it was funny. Is is you know, you see him kind of roll out. You see him scrambling. You can almost see him picturing he's got to be desperate and do something. And once he kicked it, it was like, okay, I know the rules. They got to give me a halo. If they're within the halo and I fumble, I still get the ball. So I just went for it. Um, just got possession. Instead of trying to run with it, I knew if I just dove on the ground, game was over. And that's, that's kind of how it played out. But oh. it's nice to get a punt return in a gray cup, I can tell you that. Yeah, that, that's for sure. That, that, that was a, an unusual play, but you, you, you made the smart play, like you said, because it, they, there, w- there was no yards on the play, so you guys were fine either way. And Sunday, uh, is it is it too simple to just say you're going to cheer for Jason's team because he was your teammate, or how do you look at Winnipeg-Montreal? Um, that's going to be a very good battle. And like I said, is, is at this point in the season – Everything that's happened up to this this point is is over. You got two quality teams facing off in a Grey Cup, and really anybody can win. And I'm putting my money on Moss. Okay, good stuff. Hey AJ, great to reconnect with you. Congratulations to for what the U of A Golden Bears, you and the coaches and all the players, everybody involved with the program. Incredible year. Hope you take it uh, a couple more steps next year. Thanks for hopping on. I hope we can talk again soon. Uh, my pleasure, Rita. Thanks for having me. That Take is care. A.J. Gass checking in, defensive coordinator with the U of A Golden Bears football team. Won the Grey Cup with Edmonton in 03 and 05. We got some memories of that wild 05 game, one of the best ever played. Uh, Edmonton 38, Montreal 35 in, uh, I guess it was technically double overtime because they, uh, they each had two possessions in that shootout format. Uh, great to talk to A.J. Yeah, what a year for the Golden Bears football team. And they said nightmares about that last drive by UB see but uh, ultimately they were a good team that made the plays and hopefully the Bears learn from it and uh, are motivated by it. I'm sure they will be. They're going to have a lot of guys back next season. Alright, 780-496-0063 if you want to check in. Uh, AJ's interview by the way presented by Cougar Paint and Collision Our Family Helping Your Family for 40 Years. You're listening to Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs>
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Tampa Bay on Saturday, 12.30 face-off show game at 2. We're also going to carry the Grey Cup on Sunday. That'll start at 4 p.m. 780-496-0063. Kellen, what's going on? We'll start with Lefty. Who's Hello, Lefty. In. It's Hello, Phil lefty. Mickelson. <laughs> uh, he texts in and says... The 2005 Grey Cup was the greatest Canadian football league game he's ever witnessed. Great interview with AJ Gass. Awesome to hear from him, and congrats to the U of A Golden Bears on all their gridiron success this year. Yeah, greatest Grey Cup ever. Uh, I mean, there'd probably be uh, a, a debate, but 05 would be up there for me. Uh, 1989 was a classic, Saskatchewan 43, Hamilton 40. Um, I mean, last year's was. Last year's might be one of the wildest finish. I don't know if the game front to back, but two blocked field goals, one each way. What in the in the after the three minute warning anyway? Um, twenty twenty one went to overtime. Winnipeg and Hamilton. The last, the last two have been really good. Uh, Toronto beat Calgary in the snow. That was the long fumble return touchdown. Remember. That was mm-hmm. 2017. Yes. There's yes. there's been a lot of good. I will say this. Uh, generally, the Grey Cup has been better than the Super Bowl. At least when I was a youngster. Like in the 80s, most of the Grey Cups were good, mm-hmm. and most of the Super Bowls were blowouts. A lot yes. of them were. Yes. There were a couple good. I mean, San Francisco had the famous drive against Cincinnati that one year, but there were some laughers in the Super Bowl for sure. Mm. And now it's getting to the point where the halftime are the halftime shows are. Kind well, that's of that's really better, the only reason know? to watch, Kellen. <laughs> well, yeah, for the Super Bowl, yeah. Who's exactly. doing Grey Cup halftime again? Oh, Green yeah, it's Day. Green Day. Green Day. Yeah. You're gonna feel like we're on holiday. Yeah, there we go. Well, we're they, they can't play American Idiot up here because we're not American. So there we go. Weird Al did that. He called it Canadian idiot. Canadian idiot, <laughs> exactly. Wonder what Green Days. Uh, wonder what songs they will do. I assume they'll do Holiday. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll do uh, maybe Brain Stew. What's the one Time of Your Life? But that's it's not called Time of Your Life. Good riddance. Good riddance. Imagine they'll do that one or some kind of medley. Now I'm looking up all their songs. Uh, would they do Basket Case? I don't know. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> going on a Green Green Day t- tangent, not so. Uh, I just got a text in saying somebody's looking forward to watching Green Day at the on the halftime on Sunday. So there we go. So that, okay, perfect. Thanks for that. Right on. Uh, one more from Robert, who's texted in, who's who says I anticipate some success on this upcoming road trip for the Oilers. Uh, I'm not, uh, Coach Knobloch has the guys finally thinking in the right mental space for success, and he's predicting uh, free wins out of four games. So there we go. Well, that'd be good. Like I said, they're going to need uh, basically 63% of their points the rest of the way to get to 95. And then anything above that increases the chances of making the postseason. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is okay. Florida's doing really well. Carolina, they're a little bit over 500. And uh, Washington has a decent record. Though, like I said, oddly enough, their goal differential is negative. So, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, Oddly enough, they, they they would probably like a little more offense out of McDavid, <laughs> given the standards we have from him, we have for him, and 
hopefully some health and Connor Brown can come in and play and then you need somebody in the bottom six to I think chip in a little bit more than they have been and now Skinner's playing really well right so hopefully he's found his form just five goals against in the last three games Mm-hmm. And I've got a quick one here from Mark regarding the Grey Cup on Sunday. He says he likes Montreal. He feels Winnipeg plays with an inflated ego. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Well, I guess I would say to that, haven't they earned it? <laughs> I mean, they, they have been dominant. They, they yes. haven't lost very many games the last three years, so they did lose the Grey Cup last year. But I, I know what he's getting at. We'll do our picks tomorrow, right? Yes. We'll do picks from listeners tomorrow because we always do that uh, uh, final show before the Super Bowl or the Grey Cup, and we'll see if anybody can nail the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kellen, before we wrap up the show here, yes, uh, you were off. What what did you do? Because you went to California. I did. I went to Los Angeles, California for a week, uh, a father-son trip with my dad. We had a great time down there. We went to go check out the National Hot Rod Association, the NHRA Finals, out at the Fairplex Complex in Pomona, California. They recently renamed, and you'll love this, In-N-Out Burger Pomona Drag Strip Read. So you know, you know what we had to eat every single day out there. <laughs> just, they a just lot of In-N-Out Burger. So. so is that like you? I, I anything I know about drag racing, pretty much I know from you. Hmm. Would that track or, or California is that the hotbed? Like, did you go to the premier track in the world and, this, in the this states? Is, this is our Fenway Park read that we okay. went to. This is this is the uh, this is the grand. Well, not not so much a granddaddy, but it is the one of the founding cornerstones of the sport. Uh, way back in the fifties, they ran some of the first uh, organized drag racing meets out there uh, at that track. So. Okay, and uh, what else did you do in California? Anything of note? I just cruised around and uh, checked out a lot of classic car stuff, uh, a lot of sightseeing stuff. Went out to Santa Monica, went out to uh, downtown L.A., checked out uh, the Crypto.com arena complex uh, that they got built there and that stuff, and just uh, generally had a great time. It was was an awesome week off and uh, a good change of pace, but uh, I tell you what I don't miss is that L.A. traffic read. That is something Yes, that that, that is true. I've, I've been to L.A what four times because mm-hmm. uh, I when Jay was visiting when Jay was living there I went and visited him mm-hmm. uh, and yes it's it, it's not that's not an urban legend or an exaggeration the traffic in LA is a, a nightmare where was Jay living now that I he lived that. in Santa Monica oh he was in Santa, yeah. Santa Monica okay yeah, yeah drive so out we, there from where we were staying we were staying in a community called Pomona which is way out on the east end of uh, of LA County uh, the drive in uh, basically across was wild every night to just <laughs> yeah, lots of traffic so <laughs> okay i uh, just want to update some games here the golden knights beat the canadians 6-5 lightning up 2-1 in chicago that's in the second intermission first intermission in calgary it's canucks and flames 1-1 Pedersen and Weger, the goal scorers uh, the kings are going to play the panthers tonight Kraken about to get going against the islanders halftime ravens 21 Bengals 10 Thursday Night Football. Kai Gray from the Elks does not win CFL Rookie of the Year. It goes to Quantez Stiggers from the Argos. Okay, Kelly Rudy is going to join me on the show tomorrow. We'll get everybody's Grey Cup predictions. Uh, Oilers matinee on Saturday. Face-off show is going to be at 12.30. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer tonight. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.